You're listening to episode 71 of the 200 Churches Podcast. See, we come back to this other problem that a lot of church boards that have the power and control of the money, they don't think this way. They think that, um, you know, that the pastors pays the first thing, you know, that should be cut. So we come back again to the need to re-educate a lot of the boards in our churches so that they really understand the spending priorities and they know how to respond during financial difficulties. Most boards, they don't. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we're focused on pastors of small churches. 200 churches. Every Wednesday, we release an episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. Today, the guys are joined by Dave Jacobs from smallchurchpastor.com. Dave's specialty is coaching pastors of, you guessed it, small churches. And now here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the Bert and Ernie of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig, and I am here in the flesh. In With the- Jeff Caden. Wow. I was not even I close to... I you. Okay. I don't need all of the I just, I love it, though. I love... To patch on the back. The next, the next time you do it, okay, you can, and I'll send you notes for you know the things you're supposed to say. I'm here with Jeff, Katie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeff, the, the how ne- you doing? The next time we record, yeah. Actually, we're going to record this week yet again. Okay. Yeah, you know that one, the gruesome twosome, that yeah. special one we're going to mm-hmm. do. But the next time we record, we will have graduated. John. Oh my goodness! This is like you know, this is like the dad and his son. Both getting their high school diplomas on the same day. <laughs> I, I worked a little harder than for a high school diploma. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's those classic redneck jokes. Yes. Jeff Foxworthy. You know you're a pastor if you and your associate, who's 25 years younger than you, are graduating at the... That's not even funny. That's not funny, really. That's not funny. I need to work on my delivery. You do. You do. Now, this Sunday, Jeff and I, we are graduating... Uh, from seminary, we've both been attending Bethel Seminary in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and we are walking across the stage. Jeff, I had to, I had to practically uh, uh, drag you by the ear to get you to go up there and walk. You hey, didn't even want to go up there. I, I'm in it for the learning. It's Johnny. a four-hour drive. I'm That's in it nothing. for the learning, not oh, for the word. big, you know, the degree. You know, I'm not in there to walk across. It's the a mo- stage. It's the culmination, Jeff. Every day was the culmination wow. for me. Okay. Every everything I learned. Jeff, you're a try hard. The magic is in the process, Johnny. <laughs> this is a marathon. This, yes. Well, you're you're <laughs> nearing the finish line of your marathon. However, with relish, delight, and alacrity. Wow. I leave for Minneapolis St. Paul this weekend. It's very exciting. And I will gladly in fact. I'm thinking that the guy who gives you your diploma, your degree, yeah. is the president of the institution. I, yeah, I, I'm don't I don't even know his. It name. It might be the dean of the seminary. It might be the president. I, I don't. don't know. It, it doesn't matter. I don't know either one of their names. Okay. This in ministry program, which yeah. by the way, if if you are thinking about, an they're not paying degree, us. No, no, no. They're not paying us. No commercials. Well, they are going to give us a. They are going to give okay, us a signing okay, there bonus. you go. <laughs> no, no, they're not. No, if you're thinking about an advanced degree, yes. the in-ministry program at Bethel Seminary Absolutely. is phenomenal. Yes. I mean, you go there a couple times a year. Uh, you sit with the people that you're learning with online, so you yep. get to know them. Um, it's uh, expensive. I wouldn't uh, have had it any other way. Well, not also, the expensive part, I suppose. But. Well, it's you know, it's not that expensive. It's not as expensive as college. No. All right. Um, but it, it's been it's been a phenomenal process. I, I can't imagine what I would be like right now 
had I not started no. this more than four years ago. Fantastic. To so, meet all the people, to make all those connections. Jeff, you and I met at seminary. Without, without Bethel, there's no us. There, that's right. You can't spell well, us without Bethel. Well, <laughs> you can't spell us without bus. <laughs> that's why everyone should ride a bus. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. So today on the podcast we have Dave Jacobs, and we're talking about financial situations in the small church. Yes, and we had a great conversation with the pastor's coach. With the pastor's coach, Dave Jacobs, we're going to play that for you right now. Today on the podcast we have Dave Jacobs. Dave, I, I feel like I should call you Doctor Dave Jacobs. You're the doctor of good feelings. <laughs> doctor, that's so kind of you, Dave Jacobs. Yeah, Dave, did you go? to seminary have we ever i did not go to seminary that's why i'm successful Uh, (laughs) um, and that's why i stayed married and stayed a christian no um, i just did my undergrad work at william jessup university i have a bachelor's in uh, christian leadership and theology awesome well i tell you what the school of hard knocks has taught you well because you are always full of great information and encouragement for small church pastors. We love having you on. Thank you for taking some time with us today. I love to hang out with you guys. You know, everywhere I go, like if I post things, uh, anything about 200 churches, I'm always getting guys on Facebook, Twitter saying, oh, I love those guys. I love those guys. Everybody loves you guys. Well, that's... I like that. That feels good. That does. We... We love them, too, even though we have absolutely no idea who they are. (laughs) You know, I was listening to somebody this morning, uh, well, as I was getting ready, that's code word for while I was in the shower. Yeah, sure. Only you can't say that publicly. No, that'd be Um, embarrassing. I actually have a set of computer speakers in my bathroom that I plug my phone into and listen to podcasts. Your hearing is going a bit. You need amplification. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the water and everything. So... (laughs) I forget, I think I was listening to Pat Flynn this morning, and I was also listening to the guy, oh, this is embarrassing, I can't think of his name now. We had him on our, on our podcast. He does beyondthetodolist.com. Um, I'll think of it, yeah. and I'll just blurt it out later. Uh, anyway, I was listening to him, and, and in the same way, you know, I love the guy. I love listening to him, and I feel like I know him, but we really only talked one time. But that's yeah. the nature of a podcast. Yeah, it's cool. Well, Dave, today we are going to talk about the most fun topic in the whole wide world, financial yes. difficulties. Cha-ching. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is a real topic, though, right? Like yeah, We try to get on the podcast and we try to talk about things that are impacting pastors of the small churches. This is something that impacts, I, I would say, the majority of pastors of small churches or their small churches and or that there is financial pressure being applied to you in your personal situation or to the church that you're in. I know that my dad, uh, when I grew up, he was a pastor always at small churches. I don't think, I mean, he was barely making enough to get us to the poverty line at some of these places. Yeah. And just by the grace of God, we got by. So this is a real topic, and we're, we're super excited to, to get into it and to dig into the nitty-gritty with you. Dave, just give us some some backgrounds about maybe some churches that you've talked to about this in the past, just kind of your experience in, in counseling pastors and churches through this. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's there's just so many I wouldn't know where to start. Uh, one of the most common frustrations that I run into in talking with pastors in my coaching practice is uh, them just trying to deal with uh, corporate and personal financial struggles. Most churches are really struggling uh, financially. And usually if a church is struggling financially, the pastor is going to be struggling 
financially uh, as well. It's not an exaggeration to say that um, of the, I don't know, maybe I'm coaching right now 50 pastors, so that represents about 50 churches. There's just a handful of them that I know of that the church is doing really well financially, and they're not really worried. They're making budget, and uh, you know they, they have the money they need to do the things that they need to do. It's an incredible uh, pressure out, that's out there for everybody. Hey, Dave, I, I was thinking about something that uh, many pastors have said. I mean, just pick your favorite pastor. He's probably said it. Where God guides, God provides. You know, yeah. that makes for a good rhyme. Talk about how there's a myth to that. Talk about how that's really not in the Bible. Well, if it is, I've, I haven't found it, uh, you know, <laughs> and um, it brings up an interesting issue. I, I can't help on occasion to wonder of, of those churches that are really, really struggling financially, maybe they and they can't pay their pastor enough to live on. And I just sometimes wonder, uh, is a lack of funds occasionally an indication that God's done with the church. And that's no judgment on, on how fruitful the church has been or whether or not God loves the church. But I, I just wonder, because, you know, it's true. We've said where God guides, God provides. And I wonder if the provision's not there. Maybe he's not guiding, you know. And, of course, this is a, a, a hard pill to get pastors to, to swallow. I'm not suggesting that every church that is struggling financially, um, you know, needs to close down or, or anything. But I certainly have talked to some uh, churches that they just can't make it financially, and yet they hold on and hold on and hold on. And the end result is everybody is just damaged. What do you think is going through the minds of of congregants in churches like that? Often in small churches, you have one or two families who are the bankroll in some ways. What, right. do, what do congregations feel and think when the church just continually is not making it, not making it, underpaying their pastor and everything else? I mean, I, I would think that people have to start looking around and saying, do we believe in this? I mean, what, what, what are we even doing here if we're not supporting it financially? As I talk to pastors about this, you know, just a lot of churches are just simply in denial. They show up, the doors are open every week. And so they just assume that things are okay, or they might be aware that they're struggling, but they hold on to this fantasy that somehow we're going to make it, uh, somehow things are going to turn around, but they have no plan at all to turn things around. And it, and it goes back to that old saying uh, that if, uh, uh, you know, that your church is ideally designed to get the results it's currently getting. If you want different results, you're going to have to do something different. And so many times, in order for a church to uh, pull out of a nosedive financially, um, well, that, that usually is tied into whether or not the church is growing or whether or not the church is healthy in regards to stewardship, tithing, things like that. And, and so radical steps are going to have to be made for the church to turn around financially. Sometimes the pastor is reluctant to take those steps, and sometimes the congregation is reluctant to take those steps. You know, Tom Rayner in, in a recent uh, podcast talked about the, the uh, he's got this new book out now, Autopsy of a Deceased Church. Yeah. And, you know, he talked about that issue of denial, how churches, yeah. they're just in denial for a long time. And I'm looking to see what the name of uh, Rayner on Leadership, I guess is the name of his podcast. Tom Rayner said that the, one of the most difficult things he has when he consults with churches, is to get them to even just admit 
what the problems are in the church. So Boy, I would certainly agree with him. That's been my my experience. And I would think that would be true of money too, right? I mean the it, which probably is kind of ironic because of all the things in the church, you can actually count exactly what money you have, exactly what the trends have been, unless of course you're not keeping track. Um, right. But this issue of denial. So, Dave, as you've worked with pastors and you have a, a church, you have a pastor who is in a church where, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that you know you think that the church is viable, the church is moving, you know, in the right direction, but they're just going through a season of difficulty in in their offerings and and difficulty in making budget. What what are some of the things that you would tell that pastor to help him as a leader? to lead his church in a positive direction, uh, just in terms of their finances, the big picture of it. Right, right. Well, in a situation like that, I would say, first we have to find out, you know, uh, when did the financial difficulty start? And really, what are we dealing with? Um, You know, why is it that the giving uh, has dropped? And so I I like to have pastors kind of do a bit of a, uh, you know, financial study on the giving pastor, uh, giving patterns of their people. Uh, By that, I mean, uh, you know, how many people in our church are are giving appropriately? Do we do we know what percentage that that is? Uh, How many in our church do not appear to be giving at all? Um, how many are, you know, uh, were giving, but they're not giving anymore? How many were giving appropriately, but now maybe they've decreased their giving? Um, you know, do we know who these people are? And, and a lot of times we, we just see that the raw numbers drop and we don't know what is the cause of that. And this is important because we might end up thinking we have a bigger problem than we really do. I mean, if money drops, we have a problem. But if it drops because a few big givers have moved out of the area, um, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of different than people are just being rebellious. They're not buying into your vision or they're they're just, you know, holding on to their money. They don't like your preaching. They don't like the leadership. So they're voting with their pocketbook. If that's what's causing the dip, then we have a whole different problem to deal with. So when we see this drop, this pattern of, of giving that is dropped, we, we have to kind of really study that before we even know uh, how to address it. Dave, I, this is a struggle that I have. You know, the pastor, we have the position of leadership, but it's such an awkward thing to go to our people and implore them to give more because at the end of the day, right, it's our livelihood on the line. And so right. there can be almost a sense of, hey, uh, I'm looking out for myself here. Could you please give more? What I mean, what advice do you have for pastors? Would you say that this is a pastoral thing, or, or should this be an elder-led kind of call for people to increase their giving? Well, I mean, how do you see that issue playing out? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, it's it's going to be a, a lot better if like the leadership team or an elder or something can come in and bring these kind of issues. Um, just because it it does feel awkward, you know, if you're the one, you know, talking about uh, finances. But here's the thing. We feel awkward talking about finances because we only talk about finances when we're in trouble. And that's why, so like when the issue comes up of stewardship, how we're not meeting budget, uh, how I might have to take a part-time job if things don't change, this is a very uncomfortable thing to talk about because that's the only time we talk about money. 
I try to encourage pastors to talk about money all the time. Now, literally, I, I don't mean that, you know, like literally, but we right. need to talk about money when we're doing good financially, and we need to talk about money when we're doing poorly financially. We need to be always reminding the people that it takes money to run this thing called a church. I just think if we talked about money more, we'd feel more comfortable talking about money, and our people would feel more comfortable hearing about money. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave, and probably if there's, well, not probably, the one direction that I've gone in with this is the direction of not talking about it and right. allowing my church leadership to talk about it because of the negative association that a lot of people have with pastors and money you know, they think that, you know, they're always looking for more, looking for more, looking for more. I've just kind of gone the route where I just don't talk about it. Um, in, right. In, and I just I just don't. And uh, we've always had enough. We've always made it. We're often on the edge, uh, right. but we always make it. And when there's a need, uh, the leadership of the church talks about it. But um, I, I have to agree with what you're saying, though, uh, that if you did talk about it, it would be more natural. Right. And, you know, Johnny, one thing that you'd said about, you know, it's awkward to ask people to give more. That kind of goes back to this idea I had of we have to know really what's going on here. I mean, if if there are people that aren't giving appropriately, we want to approach that. But if we have a lot of people that are giving appropriately, but for whatever reason, maybe the budget is uh, unrealistic or whatever, we don't want to ask them to give more. Um, you know, so we don't know what our approach is until we know what the problem is we're dealing with. But Jeff, one of the things that, that you had said about, you know, um, we're always worried about what people think about us. Are we the, uh, the money grubbing, you know, pastor, you know, and things, you know, I, I really think that most people don't think as much about that as we are worried that they do. Um, I think that these days, now maybe it was different 10 years ago or so, but I think uh, that most people that uh, think that preachers or ministries are uh, money grubbers, they're thinking of certain individuals they've seen on TV, uh, and that's not us. Or maybe they do know of a church where, you know, somebody is asking for money. I, I think most people know that it takes money to, to uh, you know, run a church and that pastors need a livable salary. And so I think this is just one of the fears that we have that keep us from talking about money. We don't want people to get the impression that all we want is more money. Well, they're not going to get that impression unless we're always telling them that we want money, you know, to buy a new car, buy a new suit, or whatever the case might be. I, I just think that there are certain fears ingrained in us for a lot of different reasons, that keep us from talking about money, and that kind of creates its own problem. Now, Dave, earlier you you had a list of some questions, assessment questions. Yeah. You know, who who is not giving that should be giving, etc. I know that there's a lot of churches where nobody knows who gives what, and that's almost a spiritual principle. You know, where the right. pastor cannot know and right. does not know and will not know. I mean, what would you have to say to a pastor who's in that position where a lot of the questions that you that you told him to ask or her to ask, they're, they're just not going to find the answers to it because in their church, it's a cloak of secrecy. Right. And, you know, and this is another one of those things I'll hear pastors say, you know, I, do, I don't even have access to the books. And I'll say, why is that? 
and they'll pause and they'll say, well, because, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't I don't want um, uh, to treat people differently because I know how much they give or they don't give. And I'll say to them, I go, really? Are, are, are you is is your character so flawed that you're going to treat people differently because, you know, uh, how much money they're given? You're a better man than that. That opens a whole nother line of coaching for you there. Well, you know, it, it does. <laughs> I, I've only had one pastor say to me, no, Dave, you're wrong. I know it would affect me. I say, well, then good. Don't look at the books. Get a board member. Get your uh, your financial officer to do that study. Whoever has the books. But I, I really don't have a problem with the pastor knowing who is bringing in what. And if, if that's going to affect how the pastor leads because he's going to be nicer to people that are giving a lot and, and less kind to those who aren't, then we have a whole other you know, issue on our hands. So I, I, just, I, I don't have a problem with the pastor no, uh, having access to the books. In some, church that, in some churches, that, um, uh, that opportunity has been taken away from the pastor just because of policy and procedure. Um, but there's a lot of pastors that I think um, could benefit from knowing the giving patterns and what's going on in their church. Dave, I'm thinking about a church that, maybe I'm projecting our church, but I'm thinking about a church that is doing really good ministry uh, and, and, that, and that is really making an impact in people's lives, but the finances just aren't there. What type of steps do you, do you direct a board and a pastor to take with regard to that? I mean, is it just a matter of trimming the budget? I mean, what are the steps? So it's good ministry. It's good work being done. Lives are being changed, but the money right. is just not quite there. Maybe they're staff heavy. Maybe it's whatever type of situation. What are the type, what are the steps that you give for a pastor and a board? Well, you know, the first thing is, you know, we really have to figure out, are we dealing uh, with a trend or, you know, just some temporary thing? Most of us who've pastored for a while, it's not unusual to have one, two, three months where there's a dip and then we see the money come up. But if we see a pattern where the, the giving has been decreasing gradually, you know, for maybe quite some time, then we have to go about the, the painful uh, work of trimming the budget and developing a budget that is realistic for uh, the amount of money that we have uh, coming in. But, you know, what we have to do in, and what we have to keep in mind in trimming the budget is we've got to be really clear on our spending priorities. In other words, um, you know, what are we going to cut back on and what are we not going to cut back on? I really believe that the very last thing that should be touched is the pastor's salary and the pastor's pay package. I think that uh, as far as spending priorities go in a church, and, and when I work with church boards, I, I help them establish uh, spending priorities and the pastor's pay package. But I tell them that the first responsibility is we've got to keep, we've got to spend our money on the basic operating expenses of the church. I mean, we've got to be able to stay open for business. And then our money goes to pay our pastor or maybe our staff. And then whatever's left over, that's open for a debate. And, and so sometimes a church has to cut back on, on benevolence programs. Sometimes a church might have to trim back to make things realistic. But we don't begin to mess with the pastor's livelihood until it's absolutely essential. But usually in churches, it's the pastor whose pay gets cut first. And you know, I, I have to say, in defense of some churches, 
a lot of times the pastors are the ones who recommend that. And uh, saying, hey, cut my salary uh, is, uh, is commendable, but it's not advisable. When I have a pastor tell me that, um, you know, well, I've, I've, I've voluntarily taken a, you know, 10, 15 percent cut in pay, I say, you know, I'm so proud of you. That's exactly what I want to hear you say. Now, hear what I have to say. You, you deserve to be paid. And if, you're, uh, if your salary drops to the point where you have to then take a job outside of the church, um, it's probably going to continue to contribute uh, to, um, uh, you know, the problems uh, in your church. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've, if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably dealt with this in your church. You know, yes. most of us are small church pastors, and I think Johnny said earlier the majority of pastors and churches are probably experiencing some type of financial pressure. And I would say, yes, easily the majority, uh, yeah. perhaps uh, the vast majority. Uh, Dave, you said that you know, you're working with about 50 pastors right now. With all the pastors that you are coaching right now, wh- what percentage of them uh, is the financial pressure of their church uh, a major piece of, of their situation? As far as their personal finances or just their general uh, frustrations? No, the, uh, not their personal finances, but you know, yeah. how, what percentage of them are, are their churches actually really experiencing some serious financial pressure? Oh, my gosh, it, that's such a good question. I mean, I feel comfortable saying anywhere from 70 to 80 percent, at least it really? seems. Yeah, that, that, that either they're really, really, really tight or, um, you know, well, most pastors, they describe it this way. They say, Dave, I feel like the church is one offering away from closing its doors. Oh, my. You know, yeah, that's bad. and I remember when I was pastoring, uh, it was uh, usually it was that close, you know, and that is just a, a, a hard burden to live under at, because, you, you know, being the pastor and you realize also that if if the trends continue this way, eventually it's going to affect my salary. And so that is a weight and a burden on the shoulders of the of the pastor. You know, this is why I admire the bivocational guys so much. And, and they say uh, that one of the things they love about being bivocational is they don't have to worry about the finances of the church and how it affects their uh, their family. You know, I, I think there's some some uh, uh, you know uh, there's a price to pay to be bivocational, but there's a price to pay not to be, and uh, so that's just you know how things uh, balance out. But pastors are under this pressure, and uh, many of them who are listening to us today, they're sitting there probably shaking their heads, saying, "Yep, that's me." Yeah, and you know, in terms of the bivocational guys that actually have a uh, a workable skill that can make them money. I, I just don't think – I have two things to say about them. Number one, I, I just don't think they're as committed to the Lord. <laughs> I, I just don't think they're they're fully sold out to ministry. I know. I, they have to get serious. Well, I think this. that their trust is in is in their career <laughs> or their skill. Oh, jeez. Here we their go. Their trust is not in the Lord. Okay, and the second thing I'd like to say is I wish I were one of them. Uh, no, <laughs> no I, I mean, I wish that I had, you know, thinking, going back, you know, 35 years, in some ways, I wish that I had uh, prepared myself for, for a different career so that I had something different to fall back on if yeah. I needed it. You know, right. I kind of put all my eggs in the ministry basket. Now, if you were to ask me, the truth is, 
I, I don't think God ever wants me to do anything but ministry. I think that that's where he wants me. It's what he wants me to do. And I, I, I have put all of my money on the ministry horse. But, yeah. for, you know, the grass is always greener. And so when times get tough, I think, man, I'd love to get a few kitchen jobs, you know, and, and make a couple thousand in, in a week or so and, yeah. uh, you know, take care, of, take care of the bills that way. Like, like my buddy Tony. Tony can do that. He can just get this this uh, this uh, flooring job and make a couple yeah. couple thousand in about ten days, and yeah. then he's good to go. And I think Tony, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it true? You know, um, I work with a lot of bivocational guys, and at least those guys that have a pretty good paying job, uh, you know, they they just have a, a freedom about them, at least on the, in the subject of finance. Good for them. That's you know? good. And, I'm happy. Uh, you know, I just, yeah, I tip my hat to them. I, I tell I tell pastors, I say, if you're a pastor, you have one of the hardest jobs in America. Peter Druckert said that pastoring a local congregation was one of the five hardest jobs in America. So I tell pastors, if you're a pastor, you've got a hard job. If you're a pastor of a smaller church, you have a, har- a harder job. If you're the pastor of a smaller church and you're bivocational, it's even harder. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, my true heroes, really— are those faithful men and women across America who are bivocational and they're and they're uh, they have a healthy church that they're pastoring? Yeah, I tell you that that level of commitment is just outstanding. I I just think about my own time that I'm spending now between family and work, and to add work another work on top of that. I mean, that's yeah, that's outstanding. I, I just think coming back to the issue of of budgeting and cutting back when uh, finances are tight. I guess what's important to me is to is to say again that let's make sure that uh, cutting the pastor's salary is a, a last resort, and and we you know we cut everything else you know before that. But see, we come back to this other problem that a lot of church boards that have the power and control of the money they don't think this way. They they think that um, you know that the pastor's pays the first thing you know, that should be mm. cut. So we come back again to the need to re-educate a lot of the boards in our churches so that they really understand the spending priorities and they know how to respond during financial difficulties. Most boards, they, they don't. They just There's just a knee-jerk reaction and they cut the pastor's salary or they do something else that basically is shooting them in the foot, you know, as far as the ability to turn things around. Well, the reality is you can't you you're going to add so much pressure to a pastor by cutting a salary. You're not going to be able to get the same level of ministry out of right. him or her after that after that point. I I really believe yeah. that. And so, well, yeah, you know, that's a hearty amen. Don't don't know, cut I, my salary. I also want to address, you know, the the guys that are out there, the women that are out there that have been laboring in their churches faithfully. They're not receiving a, a, a livable, really, income. They're struggling financially, but they're just remaining faithful. They're good pastors. I, I just say I am proud of you, Jeff and Johnny. We're all proud of you. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Lean into your God. Let him be uh, your, uh, your comfort. He sees the sacrifice that you and your family are making, and he appreciates that, and he is rewarding you. And he will rewarding reward you. Uh, serving God is hard and requires sacrifice. And many of you listening today, you know about that all too well. And uh, we salute you. 
Yes, absolutely. And uh, we all know, again, being in ministry, you know, we know the, the stresses and the struggles. Finances are a part of that. Now, Dave, you are at smallchurchpastor.com. Yeah. Uh, you also write and blog at davejacobs.net. And I would encourage you, if, you, if you're doing well and, and your church is doing just fine in terms of the budget, but you think that, you know, your relationship with your board and the board's relationship with each other and the church and their vision and understanding of what's going on in their church and what they should be doing, if any of that could use some fine-tuning, I would encourage you to get get in touch with Dave oh, yeah. at smallchurchpastor.com. Absolutely. He can do consultations with your board. And like you said, Dave, talk about money when things are going well. So yeah. for the churches out there, for the pastors out there that, that are things are going well, maybe now's the time for you to talk to Dave and and do that consultation, do that training with your board. Yep. So when the difficult time comes, you you guys are focused. Yeah. Uh, your board your board is focused, and uh, and if you're having trouble, uh, Dave is the guy to give a call to. You won't regret and, it. Uh, to uh, get wow. some coaching from. So, thanks Dave, thanks for being there at smallchurchpastor.com. Uh, you've got a new book that's going to be coming out soon. The yeah. book the book is a mile wide and an inch deep, is what I hear. Um, but oh that's no, a, that's the title. <laughs> that's the title. Um, yeah. So uh, we look forward to that coming out, Dave. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, you guys. Have a great day. We're very grateful to Dave for joining us once a month, Johnny. As we as we talked about this, I thought about pastors who are in trouble right now. Yeah, financially in their church, and they may be in trouble personally in terms of finances that's a whole nother story yeah for sure and we need to do an episode just on personal finances in ministry there there are pressures and situations there but that's a whole nother animal but there may be pastors who are listening whose church is just not doing well yeah and they don't really they don't know what to do about it they don't know how to handle it Give me give me a few thoughts. We've we've talked about some of this before. Yeah, well, we we want this podcast to just be a jumping off point for you. We haven't solved any problems. You need to now take some initiative and say, look, this is a real thing that's happening. Go out and and one thing that you can do is go out and find somebody, maybe maybe a board member of another church, right? Maybe somebody who can do it volunteer basis for you with some serious financial credentials who can help you get your house in order and look at your budget and really critically analyze. Maybe you're not good at that. Maybe nobody on your board is good at that. You know, you could be in that type of situation. Find help because just, you know, closing in around the problem, it's our human nature to ignore it, but it's not going to go away. Right. And so we need, you know, seek out that help, seek out that assistance and don't be, don't be embarrassed because I mean, you heard, you heard Dave say it. Maybe 80% of the pastors he talks to are in this situation. It's true. This it's is true. super common. Don't let, don't let a stigma stop you from getting some help. Yeah, it's not like we're, you know, we're the only ones if we're having problems. Right. Or it's not like you're the only one if you're having a problem in your church. Now, this is where the old saying, God helps those who help themselves, really comes into play here. Sure. Because notice we didn't give you a silver bullet. Dave didn't give you a silver bullet. He, no. He t- gave some assessment questions at the beginning of our conversation that you can ask, ask because you do need to get a good picture of, you know, where where is my church at? In other words, define reality. Yeah. Define reality. This is how much in debt we are. This is what we currently have coming in. 
this is what the trends are in our giving that we need to pay attention to, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, define reality. But there is no, there is no one-size-fits-all fix. Uh, every church is different. Your situation is going to be different. But as the leader, really you have to lead. Yeah. So find somebody who can advise you. Now, it could be that a large church in your area maybe actually you don't know it but they're in worse financial situation than your church is but there's going to be some good churches in your area that have good uh good people in them that have great financial credentials who can advise you in these areas you just need to go out and find that person this who is can the help time you. to lean on the body of Christ for for help I think it really is. I mean, this is a time where you just need to reach out to somebody and say, hey, we need some assistance. And I know that in our church, if if a pastor of a small church in our area came to us and said, hey, we're having trouble, you know, how could you help us? I have two people immediately that come to my mind, three people now, and there's going to be more. I can think of now four people, <laughs> it just says off the top of my head, that I would say, sit down with these four people. Yeah. They're objective they care they love the local church yep they would give you some advice on how to as a pastor in your church how to lead your people yeah so just begin to network begin to talk to some people uh and there's help out there and again what johnny what you said is is great you're not alone you're not alone the vast majority of the churches out there are going through these types of things so you're not alone well we love having dave on the podcast uh we love having you listen to us. If you have any feedback, be, be uh, sure to send us an email, leave something on iTunes. We always, always love to hear from our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.